Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. A Dear Media original podcast. Thank you so much to our sponsor this week, which is Seed. If you guys have been listening, you know that I have talked about Seed a bunch. It's a really high quality product that I take myself. So I'm very excited about this. I have tried just about every probiotic out there and I am such a fan of Seed. I think it's really special, really high quality, and I really see a difference with my gut health every time I take it. I have said many times before that if you want to focus on overall health, start with gut health. And nurturing our gut microbiome is so important to a lot of things, including a really resilient immune system. And there are spring colds going around and immunity is top of everyone's mind. And what often gets missed in the oversaturation of anti-cold messaging is the role that your gut microbiome can play in systemic health. The gut and the immune system work together really carefully to coordinate our body's response to the world around us. And there's this intrinsic connection known as the gut immune access. One way to really support your gut immune access is to increase daily fiber intake. So certain fibers are fermented by the gut microbes and then are broken down into short chain fatty acids, which really help maintain immune health. And the short chain fatty acids interact with the immune cells and regulate an anti-inflammatory and antioxidant response. Taking a probiotic like Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic contains specific strains of probiotics that have been studied to support a range of benefits within the gastrointestinal system, including reinforcement of the gut barrier function and support of crosstalk between the gut and the immune cells. I know that was a lot of information, but I really am such a believer in this product. I think it's amazing. Join me in my gut health journey with Seed. Visit seed.com slash instincts and use the code instincts to redeem 25% off the first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash instincts and use the code instincts. Hi, welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good, like really good. And it will, I promise. Today we have Maddie Elberger. She's a therapist and an adjunct lecturer at Columbia University. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. I'm super excited. 
I'm really happy to be talking to you, especially right now, because it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And there's a theme that comes up a ton for me in my practice and on this podcast, and it's this idea of a gap between intention and action. And I really found it early on, right after grad school, I started seeing clients and I was totally kind of blown away by the fact that I think most people knew what to do or what they ought to do. And they weren't actually doing those things on a day-to-day basis. And it wasn't for the reasons that they feared, like they didn't have any willpower, they just couldn't do it. It was that life got busy and they were stressed and tired and distracted. But I think there's also like a mental health piece. I've been thinking a lot about trauma and I think we all talk about trauma a lot now on the internet. And I was hoping that you could speak a little bit to trauma and how that factors into that inaction. You know, something that just as you were speaking that I was thinking about is that even if you don't have like a diagnostic category attached to your chart, right? We still struggle with, as you say, the gap between intention and behavior, right? Or attention and action. And so oftentimes what we need to do there is identify the thought or the emotion that's getting in the way. So that's just generally speaking, right? And I think with trauma or not, and I think I know, but one of the keystone symptoms of trauma, one of the things that we look for when we are assessing for trauma and PTSD is something called avoidance. And it kind of has like a nasty name, like it's not mm. very nice. And I always say to people, when I say avoidance, it's a clinical term. It's essentially just like the anthropological behavioral response to something that's extremely aversive, right? Mm. And so it's in the environment that like reminds our brain, triggers our amygdala, the emotion part of our brain to be like, oh, that's similar. It's going to push us further away from approaching the thing, right? So if we have trauma around certain holidays or foods or exercise or locations or or certain emotions come up when we think about doing those things and also past experiences, the natural response is avoidance. Is that thing where it's like, well, this is uncomfortable and our brain literally pushes us away. And so being able to know and identify like kind of what your triggers are, like what the things are in the environment, what the emotions are that tend to push you away from action as opposed to towards action will actually help you then make a plan to figure out how to tolerate that, get through it, eventually overcome it and engage in the behavior that you're trying to engage in. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I can really relate to that, not just as a clinician, but also myself. I feel like I went through something a couple of years ago that was so painful. And I felt like I had been trying to avoid pain my entire life because it, it makes sense. Like we don't want to feel bad, but all of a sudden I let all of it come in all at once. And it was actually really comforting because the fear of that feeling is actually so much worse than the feeling. Do you find that? Yeah, I totally agree. I had an amazing supervisor once like 10 years ago say to me, if you want to boil down how to explain certain diagnoses, like anxiety is the fear of a feeling. PTSD is the fear of a memory. Mm. And that's what a lot of anxiety and avoidance behavior is. It avoidance reinforces the idea that the feeling is dangerous. And so, so much treatment, this makes sense What based on what you said, like so much treatment is about exposing yourself to the feeling and yeah. re-learn, like re-kind of calibrating in your brain that feelings won't kill you. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a perfect way of saying it because it really does feel like it could in that moment and then it doesn't. And then you're like, oh, I guess I'm really strong or I guess I'm really resilient and all those things. And it's really healthy, but it's hard to actually let that in. 
incredibly difficult. That's why good treatment is really important. And actually, I want to bring this more personal because you and I had talked offline about you going through at a certain point, like a bad breakup and how that kind of really rocked your world. And so like when you're faced with that and just like the really hard emotions of that, as you're someone who is a practitioner, but you're also a person, how do you sit with that and let those emotions move through you? And how do you decide, are you going to take a sad hour? Are you going to take a sad day? Or what are the feelings you're trying to work through? So the the way that I approach my work and the way that I approach my work is really how to how I try to approach my life. And anyone who's in my personal life knows that I'm like annoying. Annoyingly healthy. <laughs> yes, I could be, could be. So I, yeah, I'm a dialectical behavior therapist. And so really so much of what I do is, or I help people do, and really the way I try to live, because I am a sensitive person and a big emotion person, is learning how to take really, really strong emotional reactions that lead us towards ineffective behavior, unhelpful behavior, behavior that gets in the way of our goals and figure out a new way to deal with it, to cope Mm -hmm. with it. So when I'm thinking about my breakup, right? So I had been married for nine years, got divorced, had a boyfriend. It got really, really serious, really fast. I was living in Israel at the time with him. So it was a whole thing. And then we broke up out of nowhere. He broke up with me and I was... No, like knock the it knocked the wind out of me. Aww. I can truly say that I'm a person that runs anxious. I've been I hadn't really struggled with depression before this. The overwhelming sense of sadness that I experienced at this time was like truly felt unbearable. Aww. And so, you know, when we think about getting through something really hard or something traumatic, that initial stage of like this happening, like you can't expect to be okay right after that. Yeah. You might be, you can't expect to be, right? And so in terms of like, am I going to have a sad hour, a sad day, a sad week? You know, you have to really be mindful of like the, your expectation of how you should feel versus like what actually makes sense. And I can tell you those first several weeks, I was seeing my therapist several times a week. I had my Prozac bumped, you know, like yeah. I, I just functioning. And eventually, I would say about a month into that, like, I, I keep, feel like I can't move. I started to say to myself, like, I need to be skillful. I need to start doing things that I know are going to move me out of this, like, inertia that I'm in, even if it feels like I can't, right? And so to your point of, like, how do you figure out when you want to use skills? And ultimately, to me, the assessment there is when is it no longer serving you to engage in the emotion at that intensity level? And or like you just don't want it. You can't take it anymore. And or when is it getting in the way of your life and your goals? And and for me, about a month in, I could I could have stayed in bed for six months. I definitely right. could have stayed in bed for six months. It's just that I knew that I I wasn't going to allow myself to do that because that wasn't going to be helpful. And so I started to really utilize some of the things that I teach and that I have utilized for years in other, you know, domains in order to get myself to start moving again. And so I think it to also your point, like, am I going to have a sad hour or a sad day? Like y- you want to be realistic with what your capacity is, allow yourself to get there, right? Set the bar a little bit low in the beginning so that you're building up self-efficacy or the ability to achieve these small goals so that you can eventually get yourself to I mean, I have a sad morning, like I need to cry and journal for my morning. And then I'm going to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C after this 
And I know I can because I've built my way up. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, because it's really self-aware. It's incredibly kind to yourself, but it's also really practical. Like the reality is, is knowing that there are a couple things that need to get done today. There are a couple things that would feel really good today, but like maybe today is a bare minimum day. And I also think this idea of kind of having a couple things, whether you want to do them or not, like take a shower and make your bed and like brush your teeth, like really basic things that like, whether you feel like crap or not, you do anyways, because they're just good for you are good too. But I think that that's incredibly helpful just to hear you say it that way. Because I think that people do get in funks. And I think especially this month and thinking about, you know, these really hard times and sometimes you can't just snap out of it. And how do you want to think about it? When you talk about these tools that you want to utilize, what kind of tools are you talking about? In dialectical behavior therapy, we have a skill for pretty much anything. Or we have several domains. We have mindfulness skills. We have distress tolerance skills. We have emotion regulation skills and interpersonal effectiveness skills. And so there are groups of skills that touch different areas of people's lives who are big, big, big feelers and tend to, and as a result, be impulsive, right? And so when you're talking about like when you're at peak intensity of emotion, whatever emotion that might be, you're looking at mindfulness and distress tolerance, okay? Mindfulness Mm -hmm. is the couch of everything we do. It's the idea that if you're unaware of what you think, what you feel, what your body feels, and what what you're being pulled to do behaviorally, then you can't choose where you want to focus and you can't choose to change your behavior in that moment. And so I say mindfulness is paired with everything. And in those really intense peak moments where it's like, all I want to do is stay in bed. And I promised myself that I would get out of bed Today at 9 a.m. and walk the dog. Yeah. Because by the way, my dog saved my life. So like I was like, I have to walk my dog every day. I have to do this. So what I want to use there are distress tolerance skills. So when I'm getting in my head, when I'm noticing myself at like peak intensity, we have a set of skills to help us shift away from the like triggering thought and the triggering stimuli, as I like to say, put time and distance between us and the thing or the thought that's making us so upset. So that we can just get through. So our stage is not necessarily making ourselves feel better. It's what can we do mindfully so we don't make things worse. Mm. I think that's really important. Right? Also, when you're in like red zone moment, like I sometimes say to my patients, like Chernobyl level emotion, (laughs) right? We are like not problem solving. We're just getting through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We can't problem solve there. And so if it's, if it's the urge to, let's say, it's something I talk about a lot with my with my patients because I this is my thing and I talk a lot from my own experience. Like, if I'm dating and I haven't heard from somebody and I really thought they were going to text me and I thought and I'm thinking and I'm like, why don't they like me? What's going on? And I'm like getting my phone out to be like, so are you going to ask me out again? <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Yeah. But get impulsively not effective, right? Right. And so I'm use different skills whether it be a distraction skill, calling a friend and telling a friend to Mm. distract, not to vent, or, you know, spending five minutes intentionally on social media. So not looking Mm -hmm. at relationship stuff, but like, maybe I'm going to look at your content or Mm. maybe I'm going to look at makeup content, even though I don't know how to do makeup, right? (laughs) Or something to switch my nervous system into another mode. So that's like, you know, a face bath or intense short spurts of exercise, certain breathing exercises. Those things are going to help me just not send the text, right? Because that's my goal. It's like, can I just, can I redirect myself until I don't need to send that text anymore? 
It's so interesting because as you're talking about that, you know, there's such a similar thing in what I do, which is the whole thing is like, especially with indulgences. Like I want people, I think it's healthy to indulge in something that you really want. What happens a lot of times is people are almost doing it as a way to punish themselves or they're doing it in such an impulsive way that where then they're like, wait, what did I do? I didn't mean to do that. So if the goal is really like, do I really want this thing? And if I really want this thing, am I going to put it on a plate, really enjoy it and have the whole experience? It's kind of the same thing. It's like, sure, if you want to text this person, fine. But like, let's take a breather. Let's take some distance. Let's figure out what we want to say. Let's figure out what the message even is and go from there. We always want to understand why we're doing kind of like what you're saying. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And I, I, you know, I know from listening to you and my own like, you know, nutrition Mm -hmm. journey and my best friend's nutritionist. Love that. You know, I know that there's no bad food. There's no bad behavior, right? right. Like everything has a reason. We just want to do it in the way that's most in line with our goals. Yeah. So if you want to eat cake, eat the cake in a wise mind manner. Don't just shove the cake in your mouth and then punish yourself for eating the cake by eating more cake. Or exactly. Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And I think being intentional is really the goal where it's like whether you're sending the text or you're having the slice of cake or whatever, but you're doing it intentionally and then you can actually really enjoy it. And then say that text doesn't go great. I mean, I'm not the expert on this end, but I feel like at least you were coming from a place of like, you know, at the end of the day that you were coming from a place that was really grounded in yourself. So exactly. if then that doesn't go well, then you guys aren't like, that's not maybe your guy or your person or whatever. Right. You're able to, exactly, when you understand the function of what you're doing, like why, literally, why am I doing, that's the pause, the first pause need. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Then if the goal is something about you, I want to say this, or it's not to see what I'm going to get out of the other person or, you know, if you're doing something with intentionality for yourself, then you can learn how to tolerate it and process it better rather than putting all of your emotional weight into what somebody else is going to do because you have no control over it. I love that. That's it. That's it. You know, let's talk about, because I think it's such a hot topic and I'm really curious how you feel about it, microdosing and psychedelics and all of that. I think it's really interesting and I'm very curious your thoughts. Absolutely. So these are just my thoughts and I'm speaking as licensed in New York (laughs) State. I am actually in the middle of becoming certified as a psychedelic mm, assistant provider. I that. So if that doesn't tell you that I'm a huge proponent of psychedelics for psychiatric conditions, for mental health, for mood stabilization, I truly believe that this is an area of health, wellness, nutrition, psychiatry that is so untapped and the future for so many people. And so... Right now in New York State, the only thing, the only psychedelic that you're allowed to prescribe and utilize is ketamine. Yeah. I so and ketamine's amazing, and there's a ton of research behind it. There's there, there's some MDMA research, but I can speak specifically from my own experience with psilocybin and like my own use of mushrooms. Right. Yep. Psilocybin. If I if people were to ask me about it in my personal life, I could tell them how to microdose. Right. Right. I think that. If you are in a place where you can be open to understanding how this works and trust somebody to be on this journey with you, like do it. 
there's literally nothing negative that can come out of a microdose of mushrooms. I've done a quite a bit of research and I'm in, I'm in a course. It only has positive benefits over time. Wow. Unlike alcohol, it's not poison. It's not going to give you a hangover. It is not going to make you gain weight. If you're concerned about impulsive eating, it's not like marijuana where it could make you hungrier. It just, a microdose is not going to have you, you're not going to be completely tripping. You're not going to feel high. You can go along your day on, on the appropriate microdose. And with the appropriate dosing, you will notice an improvement in your mood. Like if you're tracking it properly, you will have mood enhancement. It's like, it's like nature's candy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm a pretty big fan. And we have an episode coming up about that as well. And it's been pretty revolutionary for me as well in this way that I didn't expect. And I'm not as same as you. I mean, I'm very much licensed and I'm a practitioner and I'm science-based in the whole thing. And I'm not a drug pusher and the whole thing. But in terms of opening up a perspective that you weren't really open to and being open in general, I also, in my practice, I obviously don't prescribe this, but I do have some clients that are on it. And I, I want to just say right now, like trigger warning in case like this type of behavior is is hard for people. I just want to give people a moment, but I do have some patients dealing with anorexia that are on it. And it has been incredibly helpful in that group in terms of I've had people have experiences again, and they're not tripping. They're not high. It's just a very, very, very light dose that just helps them kind of like zoom out and see the big picture. And I've had people just be like, why am I doing this? Like people who, you know, people who weigh their food and do a lot of counting and weighing and stuff like that. That's just like not helpful and beyond like any helpful way that they do that. They've been able to get away from that and just be like, why am I doing this? Like this isn't helpful. Like this isn't serving me anymore. So it's really interesting to me from like that perspective, a mental health perspective, it's obviously all linked together. Just one more thing about that is that like what, there's obviously more research is coming out, but what like psilocybin does is it allows increased flexibility and mm-hmm. connectivity, like new connections in the brain. And so it's also, it's like not even just like you you get to the place of like, why am I doing this? But it's because in the moment you have more flexibility, less rigidity. And it's like, you just don't feel like you need to. Right. And then when you, you're not engaging in the thing that's not helpful, you can zoom out, like you said, and look at something and say, this is actually unhelpful for me. Right. Not even just why am I doing this? It's unhelpful. So that's what psychedelics give folks the opportunity to do in a very low risk, low side effect manner. Sorry, I will get off my head. No, off. I think that that's so important. I think it's so important because I think that we read a lot about this and we're hearing Joe Rogan talk about it and we're hearing a lot of people, but I mean, to have people who are licensed, who are really studying this, explain why I think is really helpful because again, we're not telling anyone to do this or not do this, but I think that it's a very interesting topic that I think is going to get only bigger and bigger and we're just going to hear about it all the time because I think people are seeing a lot of really incredible results from it. Yes. Yes. And then that's my hope is that like the sooner it gets legalized, the better, in my opinion. I love that. I could talk to you for hours, but this is a quickie podcast. But I wanted to ask you because I do love hearing, I love hearing kind of like what's in your wellness toolkit. And it sounds like maybe perhaps this is in your wellness toolkit. And I was wondering if there was anything else in your wellness toolkit that's like really helpful for you that you really, that you really enjoy, whether it's a product or a practice or anything really. Sure. So baths, I'm really into baths. I like 
I love a bath. I'm also training for a half marathon now, which was like the craziest thing I've ever done. So like I'm like extra bathing, but like I'll take a bath almost every day. So I'm a big bath person regardless of recovery. I just like love sitting in a bath, even if it's 15 minutes and just like sitting there with some music. Absolutely obsessed with that. Mm. I would say the cognitive piece for me is constantly reminding myself in that like, just because I did like, you know, the, the idea that like a tough, hour doesn't have to be a tough day, a tough month, right? Ooh. So every moment, it's a new opportunity to redirect and to be more mindful and to bring yourself back towards your goals. No mm. one's perfect. And at the same time, dialectically speaking, we can always keep getting better if we mm. want. I love that. I love being able to shift that because that is true. And you realize that especially with, like, I realize that especially with my son who's four, like, there are these moments that feel like this is so hard and this is so intense. And then literally we'll turn around and like an hour later, we'll be having like the best time ever. And it's like, that was just a moment. Yep. It was a tough moment. Right. I think you're amazing. I think people are going to really enjoy this. Where can we find you on the web? I think that people will enjoy following you. Thank you. This has been fabulous for me. I think you are incredible, knowledgeable, unique, and relatable. So Uh. like that's thing for me. That's what I try to aim for. So I love connecting with people like that. You can find me on Instagram at millennialmindfulnessdoc, very long name. And on my Instagram, it has all of the information for my website, my professional website, my private practice, my email, if you need referrals, DM me, and I will be happy to help. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts, hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily. Thank you so much to our sponsor this week, which is Seed. If you guys have been listening, you know that I have talked about Seed a bunch. It's a really high quality product that I take myself. So I'm very excited about this. I have tried just about every probiotic out there and I am such a fan of Seed. I think it's really special, really high quality, and I really see a difference with my gut health every time I take it. I have said many times before that if you want to focus on overall health, start with gut health. And nurturing our gut microbiome is so important to a lot of things, including a really resilient immune system. And there are spring colds going around and immunity is top of everyone's mind. And what often gets missed in the oversaturation of anti-cold messaging is the role that your gut microbiome can play in systemic health. The gut and the immune system work together really carefully to coordinate our body's response to the world around us. And there's this intrinsic connection known as the gut immune access. One way to really support your gut immune access is to increase daily fiber intake. So certain fibers are fermented by the gut microbes and then are broken down into short chain fatty acids, which really help maintain immune health. And the short chain fatty acids interact with the immune cells and regulate an anti-inflammatory and antioxidant response. Taking a probiotic like Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic contains specific strains of probiotics that have been studied to support a range of benefits within the gastrointestinal system, including reinforcement of the gut barrier function and support of crosstalk between the gut and the immune cells. I know that was a lot of information, but I really am such a believer in this product. I think it's amazing. Join me in my gut health journey with Seed. Visit 
seed.com slash instincts and use the code instincts to redeem 25% off the first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash instincts and use the code instincts. 